morning to our Harvest Family Service. It's fantastic to have you all back in the chapel at last. It seems like it was a long, long time ago when we are all here. Um, just a few things quickly before we start. It's a little bit different this morning. Um, usually we have the, the children will come up on stage and sing. Unfortunately today they won't be, but they will be singing from their pews, but they will stand up, so hopefully you'll be able to hear them sing. And we're going to have a few of them that are going to come up, and they've got a couple of passages to read as well. Um, I was just thinking, as we think about um, our harvest service and we think about um, Thanksgiving and the things that we can be thankful for, as we look back over this last year and a half, it seems like there's been lots of things that have happened that um, we look back and we think, oh, we can't, what can we be thankful for? But I'm hoping and praying that by the end of this service, after we've heard our two messages today, and we think about the words that we're singing, we can see that there are many, many things to be thankful for. Just a, a quick one as well. Um, as you can see up the front, we've got a lovely display with um, the food up here. If any of you do have food that you've brought with you and you've still got it in your pews, um, feel free afterwards to bring it up here. Um, thank you as well for all of you that have already brought your food and put it on the table. It looks brilliant. And just to let you know that all the food that's collected today is going to the Brighton and Hove Mission Food Bank and um, it would be really warmly um, thanked for. So we're going to sing our first song this morning. We're going to be singing, Fill your hearts with joy and gladness. Sing and praise your God and mine. Great the Lord in love and wisdom, might and majesty divine. And we'll stand to sing our first song.
just to say as well quickly that um, we do have a creche. Um, if you've got any young children here and, and you feel like you want to take them out at some point during the service, if you just go out through the doors here, do a right, and as immediately left, you can take your children into a creche that's provided. So feel free to use that. We're going to have our first reading um, this morning, and then Mark's going to give the first part of his talk. So um, we're going to have uh, Esme from um, Gwen's class. She's going to come up now, and she's going to read our first reading for us. So Esme. As long as the earth continues, there will be planting and harvest, cold and hot, summer and winter, day and night will not stop. Lovely. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, children. It's good to see you all, and welcome to the adults as well, and of course those on live stream, it's good to see you all. And uh, look at all this food that you've brought in. Thank you so much if you brought food in. Look at all of that. That's amazing. And you know, we've got so much that we can share it, and we can share it with the Brighton Food Bank, and that's amazing, isn't it? Now, I know that at school, you get taught about harvest, don't you? So you know a bit about what it is. And you know about it being the farmers and they go out and they gather in the crops and they gather in the fruit and we celebrate with harvest. And this morning, we are praising God for all the good things he gives us because he gives us so much. And I'm sure that lots of your houses have lots of food in as well. We have so much, don't we? But it can be easy, can't it, to forget where our food comes from. So we can look at this and we can think, oh, Tesco's, that's where this comes from in the first place. Or we can look at some of the other ones and we can think, oh, that looks like Lidl. Or, oh, that looks like Morrison's. And food comes from these shops, doesn't it? And in these shops, there's aisles and aisles of food. And maybe you probably don't drink lots of coffee, but maybe you look at a coffee and there's a whole aisle of coffee. You think, how much do you need? Or tea. Or you look at all the different loaves of bread and you think there's so much choice. Or pasta. Who knew there were so many different types of pasta? We've got so much choice, haven't we? And it can be easy to think that that's where our food comes from. But of course, actually, where do they get the food from? Where do they create all these wonderful things from? Well, they create it from the food given to us by this wonderful world that God has made for us. God has made this wonderful world that produces crops that we can make into this food and that we can feed our animals with and we can do farming and all sorts. And you know, farming's got a lot cleverer now as well, hasn't it? In the old days, you'd have someone and they'd have a basket full of seed and they'd walk around and they'd throw it out like this and some of it would land in good soil and it would grow, but a lot of it would land in the rocks or around the thistles and things and it'd just be no good. You'd waste lots of seed. And also, uh, when they wanted to plough a field, they had to get oxen and they had to drag it along with a plough and it was very hard work. But now, get my clicker, now we can use things like this, can't we? We can use tractors and they make it a lot easier, don't they? And you know, nowadays, there's some very clever technology that makes it really clever. So they can use GPS, and we've got some farmers in, so I've got to be careful. But you've got GPS, and it can tell you exactly where to plant the seed, exactly where to put the pesticide, exactly where to put the water. I was watching some robots earlier this week, 
And it was amazing the precision at which they did everything so that everything was used perfectly, just right. And they can analyse the weather. It's all very clever. And some farms even are using... I don't think this is working. I'm going to have to do a Chris Whitty next, please. Thanks, with the drone. They start using drones for farming so that the drones can fly over the farms and they can map it all out for them and they can spray pesticide and all sorts. It's very clever. And some of the tractors that they've got don't even have people driving them. They just have someone on a phone and they press go and the tractor goes all by itself and it goes around the field. It's very clever, isn't it? Yeah. But you know, we can do all this clever stuff. We can use all these clever things. But, you know, we can't actually make things grow. We can't give things life. You know, God can. We can do amazing things, but God is the one who actually makes things grow. It's amazing, isn't it? And each year we have a harvest. And it's good to thank God for all the good things he gives us. Now, sometimes we have bad harvests. They're not always good harvests. But, you know, do we have to worry about harvest stopping? Do we have to think, well, God might one day say, actually, no, we're going to stop growing things now. No. Because if you were listening to the reading, did you hear what it said? It's what Esme read to us. As long as the earth continues, there will be planting and harvest, cold and hot, summer and winter, day and night will not stop. So God's promise to us that each year there will be a harvest, that it will carry on. And that's good news for us. But we need to make sure that we don't stop being thankful. Because it can be easy, can't it? When you have something each year, it can be easy to stop being thankful. But we need to keep being thankful to God for the harvest. Now, here's the thing. is that God doesn't just want there to be a harvest in the fields. God also wants there to be a harvest in our lives. Sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? A harvest in our lives? What's that about? What does that mean and and how does that happen? Well, I'm going to try and explain it to you this morning, hopefully as clearly as I can, with the help of three fruits and three gardens and three decisions. Okay, we're going to look at the first one now, and then in part two, we're going to look at the other two. So, three fruits, three gardens, three decisions. Now, I knew that Arabella's class had done some painting. I knew that. But what I didn't realise until yesterday was that the painting was the exact fruit that I'm going to talk about in just a minute. So, do you think you'd be able to come and show everyone your paintings? Because they're really good. Yeah? So do you want to come and stand up here and show people your paintings? Thank you. Go on, look at that. Hold out nice and high. Look at these. Wow. Very good. Should we round of applause, I think? <laughs> Lovely. And can we have the next slide, Rich? So this is the verse that they were thinking about. And it's written on it. You give the year a good harvest. You load the wagons with many crops. Lovely. And what fruit is it? Apples, of course it is. Lovely. Go and sit down. Thank you. Fantastic. I really like them. Well done, Harvey. (laughs) 
It's good being up the front, isn't it? Lovely. So, apples. And that's, that's the first fruit we're talking about this morning. Apples. Okay, and we're going to be thinking about a garden. And maybe already you can start thinking about what garden I'm going to be talking about. It's the Garden of Eden. It's the one right at the beginning of the Bible. Now, actually in the Garden of Eden, it doesn't tell us that what was involved was an apple. But we're going to stick with that for this morning anyway. But right at the, right at the beginning of the Bible, everything was perfect. If we can have the next slide, please. Everything was perfect. Everything was lovely. And Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with God. In fact, they were like close friends with God. But you may remember what happened. Do you remember what happened? When God made everything and he said, you can eat from any tree you like, treat yourself, it's wonderful, just don't eat from that one tree. Just that tree, but everything else you can have. And what happens? Yeah. They still eat from the tree, don't they? They see that the apple or the fruit, whatever it was, they look at it and they think, oh, that looks really good. They said it looked good to the eyes. And they also, they wanted to be like God. So, they took it and they ate it. They decided to do what they wanted to do and not what God wanted them to do. So, that's the first fruit in the first garden and the first decision. And it's a bad decision. And God punishes them for doing that. And they end up getting kicked out of the garden and they're separated from God. And they're told they'll die. And you know, ever since then, if nothing changes, the Bible warns us that we are separated from God. And that if nothing changes, then that is a very serious situation that we're in. But, there are two more bits of fruit, and there's two more gardens, and there's two more decisions, which we'll be looking at in part two. Speak to you then. Thank you, Mark. The children are going to sing now. We're going to be singing. We did have two to sing this morning, but we're going to just be singing the one. The heavens are telling the glory of God. I think the way we'll do this is if you children, if you stand up now, so if you'll stand on your feet, and I think what we'll do, we will sing the first verse and the first chorus, and then when we get to the second verses, then I think the adults can join in with us. What do you think? Does that sound good? I'm sure the adults can join in, can't you, from the, from the second verses. So we're going to sing, The heavens are telling the glory of God, each star and planet reflects his love. Look up and see how his power is displayed, his glory we see in the things he has made.
fantastic, you can sit down. I think I actually heard you children sing louder than the adults then. It was very, very good singing. Anyway, we're just going to pray to God now. So we're going to close our eyes, we're going to put our hands together and we're going to bow our heads and we're going to pray to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. And Lord, I look at that sign on that table that says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and you are so good to us. You provide us with so many things. And so often, um, as people, we take so many things for granted. But Lord, we thank you that you give us the food to eat that we have on our tables day by day. We thank you that you provide so many good things for us, Lord. I'm sure many of us have woken up this morning and had a hearty breakfast. I'm sure many of us had a nice meal yesterday. And Lord, we just forget where that comes from. Lord, we just remember that that you are the one that created the plants and the food and the trees and all the things that we eat. And we thank you so much for that. Lord, we thank you so much that you are such a loving God that provides so many good things for us, Lord. We thank you for many things that you do give us. We think about our homes and our families and our friends, Lord, so many good things to enjoy, and we know that they are gifts from above, and we thank you. But the greatest gift that any one of us could receive is that of the Lord Jesus Christ, who came into this world to die to save sinners. And Lord, each one of us here do many, many things wrong and need to be forgiven. And Lord, I just pray that that as um, we think about a harvest now, and Mark was talking about another harvest, we think about the harvest that as people we can um, help with, Lord, we can help to, to bring people to know the Lord Jesus Christ in their lives. Lord, each and every single one of us needs a saviour. Each and every single one of us needs to be brought out of darkness and into light. Each one of us needs to have Jesus in our lives. And Lord, what is so wonderful is that it doesn't matter who we are, what background we come from, what age we are, Lord, where we are in our life, if we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be saved. And Lord, I do pray that as we um, hear these messages this morning, Lord, that they will not go in one ear and out the other, but Lord, that we will go away and we will really think about what we are hearing. And Lord, may it be um, uh, a change in our lives, Lord. I do pray that the Holy Spirit will work um, in us today. I pray that it will work through the message that Mark gives us. I really do pray. Lord, I just um, come to you today and I thank you for so many good things. Lord, it's so wonderful to be able to come back in the chapel today. Lord, it seems like such a long time ago when we were in here, the last time with the children. Lord, we have had such a, a, an, an up and down um, year and a half with this pandemic. But Lord, as we think about things that have gone wrong, Lord, I, help, I pray that we will be able to look forward to things that we can be thankful for. Lord, we thank you that the children are able to come in, they're able to sing, Lord, they're able to stand up on stage and they're able to read these parts this morning. And Lord, what wonderful pictures we have just seen. And Lord, they're all good things that you have enabled us to do again and we thank you for that. Lord God, I just pray that, that um, you will be with us um, today and um, I think about as we go into the future, Lord, that you'll continue to help us and be with us and sustain us, Lord. Lord, I just pray that as we get up each day, Lord, we will think about the many things that we can be truly thankful for. Lord, um, we think about this coming week and we especially pray for this coming Tuesday when there is a men's event. I really do pray that that will be of uh, benefit and beneficial to all those that that come and hear um, that message given. And Lord, I pray that if there are any here that haven't um, committed to that evening, Lord, that they will want to come, Lord, and that they will will come along and hear um, how to to really spread your word and your message and be of help to the harvest. Lord God, I think about um, 
the many things that we've been able to enjoy over these last few weeks and we think about how we've been able to come back into this church, we've been able to come back into Sunday school and into Rooted and how wonderful it is that the children and the young people can hear such a clear and great gospel message week in, week out. And I do pray, Lord, that as as they come in that you will um, use it to, to change lives, to soften hearts and to bring people to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we think about um, James and Rachel who have left us um, this week. Lord, they've gone back to um, Cyprus where they are helping over there to bring people to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we're so thankful for the work that they do over there. And Lord, we're so thankful for those answered prayers that they have arrived home safely. And even on this day now, even though they're they're, um, hundreds of miles away from us, thousands of miles away, Lord, they are still serving the same God that we serve and they are wanting to bring people to know and love the Lord Jesus Christ too. So Lord God, I pray that you will be with us now and especially be with Mark as he brings the second part of the message to us. Help him to be um, helped as he speaks to us. Give him clarity, we pray. And I pray that you will help us to sit and hear and open our hearts up to the message that we hear. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to have our next um, readings now. We're actually going to have um, one from um, Gwen's class again and Sue's class. So can we have um, Jeff and Flynn, would you like to come up? Luke 22, verse 39-46 And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, If you are willing, remove the cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then there appeared an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, He came to his disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow and said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. John 15 verse 1 Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. John 15 verse 5 I am the vine and you are the branches. If a person remains in me, then and I remain in him, then he produces much fruit, but without me he can do nothing. Excellent, thank you very much. Before Mark comes up um, with the second part of his talk, we're going to sing again. We're going to sing, We plough the fields and scatter the good seed on the land, but it is fed and watered by God's almighty hand. God sends the snow in winter, the warmth to swell the grain, the breezes and the sunshine, and soft, refreshing rain. Our next song.
Well, we couldn't have a harvest service without that one, could we? So, fruit number one was the apple. I'm going to leave it there so it sparks your memories. We're going to move on to fruit number two. But I'm going to give you a few clues for this one. I'm not going to show you at this time, make it so easy for you. So, clue number one, to find out what fruit am I thinking of. And the first clue is this. It can be green, black, purple, dark brown and even pink. Don't shout out anything. If you think you know it, put a hand up and I'll ask you at the end and you can nod if you were right. But I doubt that you've got it so far. What I will tell you, I'll give you a hint, it's not an orange. Not an orange. Okay, next clue. About 20% of each fruit, or each one, is oil. I wonder if any of the adults are starting to get it. I've got some smiles. I think they may be onto it. Okay, next clue. It is egg-shaped and about two centimetres long. That's quite a big clue. But I suspect the children are still struggling. You think you know? Okay, don't shout out. Just nod in a minute if you're right, okay? Okay, next one. Lots of people don't think about it being a fruit but it is a fruit. Oh, we've got a hand up at the back. Okay. And the last one. Some people love them. Some people, like me, hate them. Okay. Right, what do you think? Olives. Fantastic word. Is that what you're going to say, Annie? Oh, <laughs> good thing I didn't ask you then. That would have been embarrassing. Good, well done. Olives, fantastic. Yeah, very good. And yeah, next slide, there you go. And here you go. I bought some. I had to ask where these were in the shop because I never normally buy them. Uh, there's some from Greece, some from Italy, and some from Spain in there. So there you go. There's some olives. Some of you are licking your lips at that. Others of you are feeling a little bit ill. They're funny, aren't they? I think they say that you have to eat quite a few of them to, to start liking them, but I've never got that far. But there you go. So olives. And olives come up quite a bit in the Bible. In fact, if you were listening carefully to the reading, you might have picked up the phrase olives because Jesus was on the Mount of Olives. It wasn't actually a mount, it was more of like a hill, but they called it the Mount of Olives. And he was in a garden on the Mount of Olives. And can anyone tell me what the garden was called on the Mount of Olives? Yeah. Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, Jesus was there. Gethsemane actually means, for you adults, um, oil press, and it's, uh, it's where uh, olives were crushed to make oil. And um, just for some of you, it's quite vivid picture language. But the Garden of Gethsemane, for Jesus, is a, is a special, um, special place in the Bible. Actually, can we have a photo of it? Because we've got a photo. This is what it looks like today. Some of those trees are some of the oldest trees in the whole world. They're very, very old. So Jesus goes, it didn't look quite like that when Jesus was there, but Jesus goes, and it's a very powerful moment in the Bible, because Jesus goes there the night before he is killed and crucified. The night before Jesus goes up to the cross, he goes to Gethsemane. And Jesus knew that he was going to be killed. He knew that he was going to be betrayed by one of his friends, and killed the next day. So listen to how it describes him feeling. This was read out to us. Thanks, by the way, for those reading. Really well done. 
So verse 44, it says this, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, this is Jesus, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. So Jesus is really distressed. He's in agony. He knows he's going to die a horrible death the next day. But here's the thing, is that he knows he's going to die, and he knows how. He knows he's going to be betrayed, so he could run away, couldn't he? He could just escape capture and not be arrested. That would be a brilliant plan, wouldn't it? But Jesus doesn't do that. He allows himself to be captured and arrested and killed. And do you know why? Because he wanted to obey God, his Father. He was going to die to take on all the bad things that we've done so that we could have our sins taken away and we could be forgiven. Isn't that amazing? Because he loved us so much. So that's why he let himself be arrested and killed. But it wasn't an easy decision for him. It was really tough. He really struggled. It says he was in agony. In fact, he even pleads with his father, God. He says, God, if there's any other way to deal with sin, please let me do another way. But there's not. He has to die. And do you know what Jesus says? Jesus says, Nevertheless, he says, not my will, but yours be done. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, I'm not going to do what I'd like to do, even though I'd really like to do it. I'm going to obey you and do what you want me to do. That's what Jesus says. And do you notice how completely opposite that is to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve? Do you remember what they said? Do you remember, so in the, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve said, I'm not going to do what God wants me to do, I'm going to do what I want to do. And now Jesus is saying, I'm not going to do what I want to do, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And because of Jesus' death, we can now be forgiven. It's one of the most it's a beautiful things in, in Christianity. We can be forgiven, we can have our sins taken away, Because if we trust in Jesus, he he deals with all our sins. And we can be reconnected back to God again. That was part of the problem that happened with Adam and Eve. They were disconnected from God. And we can be reconnected because of Jesus and because of his great love. So, we've looked at two fruits, apples and olives. And we've looked at two gardens and we've looked at two decisions. A bad one and a good one. And now, we're going to look at the third fruit. So, if I can have the next slide. Okay, children, who can tell me what this word is? You're usually very quick at these. Who can tell me? Hands flying up over here. Give you a few more seconds. Yeah. Grapes, lovely, thank you, good. Grapes is the next one, and the next slide as well. Please, lovely, so grapes. So, here we go. Got some. Look at that, grapes. Lovely. Put your hand up if you like grapes. Yeah, me too. They're really good, aren't they? Put your hand up if you prefer green ones to red ones. Interesting. I think I prefer red ones. Yeah. Lovely. I'm going to leave... Oh, there's some already there. Look. I'm going to leave those there. Now, I was very excited because yesterday I bought myself a plant. Or, well, might call it a vine, really. 
But I bought a, um, a grapevine. So that's exciting, isn't it? So I can grow my own grapes. And um, I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if I could um, sort of like grow grapes wherever I am? And I didn't want to take the pot because the pot's a bit heavy. So I had a brainwave. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll snap the branch off. And then, see, what I can do is I can carry this round with me. And then when it does grow grapes, eventually, I can eat them. It's good, isn't it? So I can have them in my car and driving along. And then when it grows grapes, you know, I can, I can pluck them off and eat them. It might take a while, but, you know, it's good. Or, or if I'm sort of going on a hike, you know, I can sort of like put it in there and then, you know, go on my hike, off I go. And, uh, you know, and then maybe they'll grow. I'll keep an eye on it. And then when they're growing, I can sort of, um, you know, pluck a grape off and good to go. So I'm quite excited about that because sort of carrying the whole plant around with me just felt, you know, a bit, oop, bit too heavy. So I thought, well, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, what, what's the problem? Ah. I should have asked the people to tell me, shouldn't I? What, so you mean like it needs to be connected to something? or? Ah. Oh. Well, that plan goes out the window. Yeah, what did he say? It's not on a tree, is it? Well, I tell you, well, I, it's a good thing I didn't rip all the branches off. What, and then take the fruit off? It's a good thing I left some other branches off, isn't it? Because, there you go, do you reckon these might grow grapes eventually? I think it takes about 15 years, apparently, but still, you know, if we're patient, we can grow some grapes. So you see, that's the problem, isn't it? is that this one, it's no good anymore. If I leave it like this, it's just going to die. And then, well, what am I going to do with that? I mean, I might as well, I could chuck it on a fire, keep me warm, wouldn't it, for a little bit, burn nicely once it's dead. But you see, these branches, they're connected to the vine. So these ones, maybe in time, if I look after it, if I water it, I'll be able to get some grapes. And they're special indoor grapes. So this needs to be connected to that, doesn't it? If it's going to have any fruit on it, this needs to be connected. Otherwise, it's useless. Yeah? Now, I'm going to leave that there so you can see that. Now, Jesus says something about this. This is where we get to the final garden. And this garden, this garden is picture language. It's not an actual garden, but it's picture language of God's garden. And do you remember the readings that we had from Sue's class? And let me remind you what it says. It says this in John verse 15. I'm going to pick this up again. Jesus says, I am the true vine. So Jesus is saying, this is a picture of me. So I am... The true vine, Jesus says. And my father, God, is the gardener. So God's like a gardener. And then he says this. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a person remains in me, and I remain in him, then he produces much fruit. But without me, he can do nothing. So, we are like 
the branches. We're either like branches like this or like this branch. And if we're not connected to Jesus, then the Bible tells us that we, we can't have any fruit, just like a branch can't. Might as well be chucked on a fire or thrown away. But if we're connected to Jesus, then the Bible says we can be fruitful. We can have fruit growing on us. Our lives will be like a harvest. Now that doesn't mean that we're suddenly going to start growing apples out of our armpits or anything like that. That would be a bit strange, wouldn't it? It's a different sort of harvest. The fruit that we will grow in our lives is a special fruit. It's fruit like love and peace and joy and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. Those are the fruits that God says will grow in our lives if we're connected to the vine, if we're connected to Jesus. And we'll be able to please God. Because just like a gardener, imagine you're a gardener, okay, and you go out into your garden and you spot that your plum tree has got plums on it. <gasps> well, if you like plums, amazing. This is great. You're happy, aren't you? If you go out and you're really looking forward to plums and there's no plums, well, you're disappointed, aren't you? You know, if we have fruit in our lives because we're connected to Jesus, then we can please God. So, we've seen three fruits. There you go. Olives, grapes and apples. And we've seen three gardens. Garden of Eden, Garden of Gethsemane and God's garden. But we've only had two decisions so far. Do you remember the bad decision and the good decision? And the final decision is a decision for us to make, for you to make. And it's a simple question, really. Is, is your decision going to be like Adam and Eve's or like Jesus's? So is your decision going to be like Adam and Eve's where you say, I want to live my life my way and I'm not going to do it God's way? Or are you like Jesus where you say, actually, I want to do what God wants more than what I want. The Bible tells us that if we do that, if we follow Jesus, if we stay with him, then our lives will be fruitful and it describes it as being like a big harvest. So, we've thought about a harvest, we've thought about praising God for all the good things he gives us and we've also thought about the harvest that we can have in our own lives because of Jesus. If you've got any questions or anything about anything I've said, you're maybe you're utterly confused and you'd like to talk to myself or John or John Cowley, the pastor, or someone you know as a friend, um, do talk. Uh, we'd love to chat. And just very quickly, lastly, if anyone would like a vine, I'm terrible at looking after plants. If anyone would like a free vine, come and speak to me afterwards and you're welcome to have it. Free to a good home. Lovely. Thanks, John. Thank you, Mark. Well, we're going to be finishing on our um, last song uh, this morning. Such a great song to finish with. And, and if you are with Christ and you are attached to that vine, it's a wonderful song with wonderful verses and words. Um, but if not, maybe it's something that you can really think about as you read the words now and you sing it. My heart is filled with thankfulness to him who bore my pain, who plumbed the depths of my disgrace and gave me life again, who crushed my curse of sinfulness and clothed me in his light, and wrote his law of righteousness with power upon my heart. Our final song.
Just a few notices before we finish. Um, just a reminder again to the men that this coming Tuesday we have a men's event up on the, the board here. I'm sure there are some spaces still, James, if anybody wants to. It would be really good to um, put your name down and come along to that. Um, also, we um, have refreshments after this service now. And we're very thankful because the weather's nice now because we're going to be having them outside. So it's nice and bright outside so we shouldn't have any problems. So afterwards I will um, uh, give you instructions. So this side here, how we're going to leave the building is we're going to leave from the back and we're going to go up through the back doors round to the front. And on this side, we're going to go from the back again and out through the, the main doors out there. That's how we're going to leave. And again, thank you ever so much again for all the food that you have given for the Brighton Hope City Mission Food Bank. And if, like I said, if you have any food that you'd like to give, um, just bring it in to the front and put it up the front and we'll make sure it gets to them. So thank you for that. So shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for this service um, this morning and we thank you so much for the message that we have heard. And Lord God, we really do pray that each and every single one of us will not go away unaffected by what we have heard today. And Lord, I pray that we will make the right decisions in our lives and that we will want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We will want to put our trust in him. Lord, that we will want to be attached to that vine. Lord, we know that if we don't have Jesus in our lives, there is only one way we're going to be led to. And I just pray, Lord God, that, that we will look to Jesus for everything because he provides us with everything that we need and he is the only one that can truly give us joy and peace and happiness in our lives. Lord, we thank you again for the children. We thank you for the way that they read their pieces this morning. We thank you for the children and the wonderful paintings that they, they painted and showed us this morning. And Lord, we thank you for, for the music that we had today, that we're able to sing um, your praises. And Lord, we think again about the food, and Lord, we think about the food that's going to those food banks, and we pray that it will reach them safely and that people will be provided with um, the food that they need. And Lord, as we think about food again, we think about the refreshments that we're going to enjoy now, and we pray that you'll bless that food to us. And we pray all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>